0: starting a business is not new to me. I've started two businesses before. And I think in the other businesses, you work hard and you're rewarded. So, you know, like when it comes to massage, I treat a client, they pay me before they leave the clinic. I renovate an apartment and then I rent it out the next day. So it's almost like instant gratification. It's not like that in this business at all. And I think I underestimated how much time it takes to really build trust with referral partners, trust with clients, Mm -hmm. rapport with people,
1: the most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation! This is the Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, i interview a rookie who's making waves in the industry. And today, I have Carlin Poole. Carlin is a mortgage broker who is with us at Bricks. She joined us in January of 2021. And she reminded me when we were chatting when the recording wasn't on that she wasn't sure if the industry was for her. Turns out it is. And I said to her, look, go through the 100 day challenge. We're going to show you exactly how to build a referral based business. And if at the end of it, you're like, ah, I don't want to do this. Then, you know, at least no matter what, you're only going to spend hundred days figuring out if this is a career for you. Turns out it is a career for her. And so she's now graduated our rookie program and she's doing amazing. So proud of what Carlin has done. So before we jump into this episode, let me give a shout out to our title sponsor, FINMO. FINMO is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection, submission platform very easy for borrowers to use. As they're filling with that app, it's automatically determining what documents you need. As your app comes in, you can then go to search lender spotlight for rates and guidelines. And then finally, before you hit the submit button, really important, it actually pulls the key data from the application, puts it into the notes, You may not know this, but what the lender sees on their site is often different than what you see. And sometimes it's dramatically different from institution to institution. And so being able to put that key data in to make it easy for them will help you get more approvals and get approvals faster. You can check out LendS.com slash BINMO. Check out this episode and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Carlin, welcome to the uh, podcast.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: So, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from.
0: So, I grew up in Belleville in Ontario. I now live in Prince Edward County. Between my fiancé and myself, we have three boys, 4, 10, and 14. So, life is busy. That's yeah. the just-
1: So, do they play sports or what do they do? How do you keep them from- uh,
0: The older two are in rep, hockey, and basketball. The little guy is not there yet. I'm not pushing that. <laughs> because Definitely. It's very, very busy with the older two.
1: Yeah, it can be for sure. My brother-in-law has six kids, four boys and two girls, twin girls that are like less than a year. And I'm like, man, that is a handful. And they play hockey and all this stuff. It's like a full-time job, like literally like, you know, just doing that. So tell me about, you got into the mortgage business. What were you doing before and what got you into the mortgage business?
0: I was a massage therapist before. I owned a clinic with a partner, what, got me into mortgages was I've always had a serious passion for real estate. I bought a number of rental properties in my twenties, between 20 and 30, I accumulated a number of properties and I always used a mortgage agent to purchase. So that sort of got me introduced to the mortgage world, but I worked as a massage therapist up until I made the switch.
1: And so, like, how did you buy rental properties in your 20s and 30s? I mean, most people nowadays are like buying a property. Was it in your market? Tell me about that. Like, how did you fall into that?
0: I think you could have classified me as a workaholic. So I hustled a lot. I worked a lot. It's basically all I did because I had this goal of, like, early retirement, and I was going to do that through rental properties. So it was a little bit of that. And then the market I was in, it has changed now. But back in 2010, when I bought my first property, you could pick up property in Belleville for, you know, really, really good prices compared to, so it was much easier to purchase.
1: Do you own rental properties now?
0: I have one now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. nice, okay, cool. And then, so you, you got into mortgages, so how long ago did you get into mortgages?
0: I got licensed March of 2020, and then COVID hit. And then not much happened for a while after that.
1: Okay. So, what did you try in that first? And then you joined Bricks in January of 2022, right? Correct. So, tell me about yeah. what did you do between March 2020 and January? What kind of stuff were you doing?
0: So, I was solo parenting at that time. So, I was still working full time as a massage therapist and just doing the mortgage stuff sort of on the side. I was with another brokerage. And just sort of shadowing and trying to learn what I could in the few hours I had to devote to mortgages during the week. And then, yeah, I met with you last fall.
1: <laughs> yeah. And okay. All right. I yeah. So yeah. yeah. I, I talked to a lot of people. So my I know brothers you do. Sisters I know. and sisters, yeah, it's like they kind of merge together, right? My wife jokes that being married to me is like 51st date. She's like, wakes up in the morning, and like, hey, I'm your wife. These are your kids. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I Sorry, you yeah,
0: last fall when you came to Toronto for sort of an info session on bricks and, right. and yeah. the leap. And I joined the brokerage in January of this year.
1: Okay. And then, so when you were doing part-time, did you do any mortgages or what was that like?
0: I did five mortgages in that time. Two of the five were my own.
1: Right. Okay. Well, you, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. You got to drink your own Kool-Aid. All right. So yeah. then in January, did you start out full-time, part-time? What was that like?
0: So I was still doing part-time. I definitely, I freed up more time to devote to the mortgage business. So I was doing, um, you know, sort of 50-50, both massage and running my clinic and mortgages.
1: Right. Okay. And then was there any point in the last, you know, 300 days ish that you were like, man, what was I thinking? Should I go back to massage therapy? Should I, you know, become a realtor? Please don't say you would. I'm just kidding. Like anything in that time period where you questioned it?
0: I'll be honest, yes, many many times.
1: Yeah, because that's pretty normal because it's hard. It's a lot harder than people think, right?
0: Yeah. And the reason being is you starting a business is not new to me. I've started two businesses before. And I think in the other businesses, you work hard and you're rewarded. So, you know, like when it comes to massage, I treat a client, they pay me before they leave the clinic. I renovate an apartment and then I rent it out the next day. So it's almost like instant gratification. It's not like that in this business at all. And I think I underestimated how much time it takes to really build you know, trust with referral partners, trust with clients, Mm -hmm. rapport with people, you know, that takes a lot of time.
1: Right. So So you're um,
0: hustling and working and not seeing anything from it for a while.
1: Right. You know, I always talk about how I live in wine country when they plant a new vineyard, they don't get. I think it's like three years or four years before they even get enough grapes to make any bottles. So there's a significant time between input and output. Right. And you have to put that in. So what was the hardest part about this for you? Like in this last you know year, what was the hardest part about switching from being like a massage therapist to being a mortgage broker?
0: Well, I have a family to support. So I think just, again, the inconsistency or the unknown of like, oh, when's my next paycheck coming? <laughs> Honest to God, that's the hardest part. And that makes me sound so shallow, but the unknown, I think.
1: Right, right. That makes sense. And is there anything else about the mortgage business that surprised you being as a business owner? So you said you don't get instant gratification. Even if you get the person who says they do the mortgage for you, it doesn't usually close. It could be a month, it could be two months, then it closes. And then it could be a week or two before you get paid. You know, is there anything else that you noticed that surprised you about this business versus other businesses you've owned?
0: Yes. So being a massage therapist, I was seeing a number of clients every day. You're talking to people, it's social, it's fun. I thought I would miss that. When it came to working from home full-time, doing mortgages, I thought it would be a little more isolating than it is, but I'm talking to people all day long and being social all day long. So that sort of surprised me on just right. how- Interesting.
1: How, how have you adopted using Zoom? Because we use Zoom a ton, like, you know, for training and underwriting support. How have you found Zoom, you know, compared to in person?
0: I really enjoy it. I'm a homebody, so I like to be at home. Right. <laughs> No, Me too actually. I get great. I get the
1: benefit of people, but I get the benefit of also being in my jammies if I choose, you know.
0: Wonderful. I love it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do you do Zoom calls with your clients as well? Yes. And do you use video on those and like show them stuff or what do you typically do there?
0: Yeah, so typically I do my strategy calls on Zoom and I will share my screen and walk them through their personal budget scenarios and we look at numbers and we you know adjust things as we're talking and oh can I see this scenario or can I see that scenario and I can adjust that live so they're looking at you know they're looking at what I'm looking at right we
1: always say show don't tell so whenever I'm trying to explain something to you if I can show you it's like hey oh it makes way more sense than just tell you hey this is what your TDS is I don't know what that means this is what you're qualified for I don't know you know so that's great that you show and do you record them as well or do you just do them like live and then Send them a recap or what do you do?
0: Typically I do them live and then I'll send them a recap. Sometimes you send a recap
1: video or recap just email?
0: Sometimes in video, sometimes in email. It depends on the client and the situation.
1: Right. So if you did a video, how long of a video would that be? If I'm your client, you and I meet and you show me everything, which is great, and then we hang up. How do you send it and what's the kind of length?
0: I've been using Loom and say four or five minutes.
1: Right. So it's just a recap. Hey, Mr. Customer, here's what we talked about. Here's what you can expect, yada, yada. So how have you found using the budget sheets, you know, and what has the response been like on that for your clients?
0: Oh, for me, it's been, I want to say life-changing, but business changing. It is amazing. I love the budget sheets. Clients love the budget sheets, especially people who are really detail-oriented and are numbers people anyway. They love it.
1: Yeah. Well, and it breaks everything down. The problem is, is that like there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. And so to put it all in one place where they can see it and then you can update it in real time, like there's a ton of value to that particular strategy. So can you share a file that you lost that when you first started with it now, you'd be like, oh, I'd handle that differently. There's a thousand ways to lose a file and I've done almost all of them, but hopefully somebody can learn from your pain, basically, if that's okay.
0: I can't think of a particular one. I would say there's a number that I lost early on, just clients sort of would disappear throughout the process. Mm-hmm. And looking back now, I realized that what I wasn't doing, which was building rapport with people and setting myself apart and being special and different than any other agent or their bank, I wasn't doing anything extra. Right, And I would say, there's like little extras and special things built into my process all along the way. So I'm not losing people like I was.
1: Yeah. And sometimes I see when people like they're in the Facebook group and they'll be like, Hey, I lost the file. Can you believe it? I've got all the way to the altar and you'd actually lost it on the first call. You didn't realize it, but that file was unraveling and they were just kind of stringing you along because you didn't get buy-in because you didn't get commitment. And so you think you have a, you know, a file and they don't, you know, and so but it usually it comes down to your right. How do I add value? What is a discovery call like? Having a specific plan for the discovery call is super important. It can't, well, you can't you exactly. can't just be an order taker. It's like, hey, do you want fries? What do you want in your pizza? Like your toast, if that's what you're trying to do.
0: Yes, my discovery call today compared to my discovery call from a year ago is night and day. It is yeah. head and shoulders above, and like that's the most important call.
1: Yeah, it is, because it sets the tone for the entire relationship. And if you get it right, it builds trust and rapport. If you get it wrong, you don't have trust, you don't have rapport, and then they're going to question everything, they're going to push back, and then it's not going to go anywhere, and you're going to do a lot of work for nothing. So I think that's really good. So there are two distinct skills you got to learn, like sales and underwriting, which do you think has been hardest for you?
0: Sales, hands down. I'm an introvert.
1: Yeah, so am I, actually. People don't believe it, but I am. I actually, like I recharge by myself. Like I need to just and yeah. so what have you had to do or what kind of mindset shifts did you have to make that has helped you?
0: I really had to distill down my why. And we did that training together. Yeah. Like really keeping that forefront of my mind, showing up, picking up the phone and just doing it. Um, right. The hardest thing I think I had to overcome was my own mental block there.
1: Yeah. And this is why we say mindset's so important, right? Like you can have the best strategy and tactic, but if your mindset's like, ah, you're not going to be able to have as much success. So, and getting clear on your why is important. So how do you, when you do get clear on your why, how do you remind yourself? At least I have ADD. So I'm like, I got a why, but where'd I put it? You know, like, it's like, where's the second I have my keys. I don't know where they are. So how do you remind yourself to kind of recenter yourself? Or is that not easy for you?
0: It's not like I'm sticking a picture in front of my computer or anything. I think I just, I take a moment, I think about my why, I remind myself why I'm doing it, why it's important. And I put my glasses on and I pick up the phone. Like nothing special.
1: Right. But that's good. I have like, I go through some of my morning routine is like reminding me, where am I going? What like kind of the whole thing. And I find that's helpful for me to just stay on track. But all right. So for you, what was the biggest takeaway that you had from going through this framework with, you know, the day challenge and everything and through bricks?
0: Okay. I had a hard time coming up with an answer to this question because there was so much, like everything was incredible. If I had to pick one thing, it would be mapping out my customer journey and it's still a work in progress. But once I did that, it clarified a lot for me and it made my job easier for myself and made the client experience like repeatable and Mm -hmm. it keeps me on track. And it keeps the client experience consistent, which is so important.
1: Right. I describe it. It's like if you're a burger stand, it's your recipe to how you're going to cook your burgers. So that you're going to stand out from everybody else. And if every day you show up, I'm going to make burgers this way, that way, it's going to be really hard to create a referable experience. It's going to be even impossible to hire anybody to help you at some point. And the consistency won't be there. Right. So I totally agree. Any business that I'm involved in, one of the first things we do is once we get clear on where we're going, then it's like, oh, let's customer journey this. So it's what happens when, who does it, like step by step by step, that clarity. And it's never done, as you alluded to. It's like, okay, how do I improve this? Which is the part that I like is that it's never perfect because there's always more improvements you can make. So let me ask, what's a change you've made to your customer journey, even since you've been doing this, that you were like, hey, this is how I thought I was going to do it. But now I realize I'm going to do it that way. What's something that you've made an adjustment to recently or in the last couple months?
0: Good question. I think it was my timeline on following up with clients post-closing.
1: So what were you planning to do? And then now what are you doing?
0: Well, I wasn't doing anything before, which is terrible. And now I'm calling everybody about a month after close, like right around the time their first payment comes out. And I check in to make sure the payment came out. Was it correct? Do they have any questions? How's the new house or whatever, you know, just checking in.
1: Right. What's the response been like on those types of calls?
0: Really positive.
1: Yeah. Who's not happy to hear from you? Like, how's it going? Like, you know, so that's great. But here's the thing. If you didn't have a customer journey, you may forget to actually that you wanted to include that. But looking at it going, hey, there's a gap here. I'm looking at this thing going, what happens after this closes? I say like client journeys from first contact to client for life. So what you're talking about is developing that client for life strategy. What is, how do I make sure they never forget who I am? Right. I once heard a question, which I think is a very interesting question, which I haven't wrestled through. And I always think questions are better than answers. Like if you could only have one client, but you had to do such a good job to service that client that they would tell their friends and family, what would you do? What would the experience look like? And then build the process around that one, knowing that it has to be as you know, good as you can make it. I'm like, Ooh, that would be a, an interesting experiment. Like even just a thought experiment to start Thinking about, because if you have a good process, it'll actually do prospecting for you. Your process can be prospecting if you do it well. So yeah, okay. So let me ask some rapid fire questions. You can answer shorter answers. So what's one thing people can't find out away you from Google?
0: Uh, how much I love to read and that I- I, I can tell because you have a lot of books
1: behind you. As I was saying, when we got on this call, I was like, man, that is a lot of books. So people can't tell that you like to read. What's the best book you've read recently?
0: Oh, tough question. Um, Is not business related. Does that matter? That's okay. No. Jack Dawes by Ken Follett.
1: Okay. And it's good?
0: It's good. It's not my typical read, but I loved it.
1: Right. What's a movie everybody should watch at least once? The Goonies. Goonies. That's a good movie. What are three software programs or digital tools you can't run your business without?
0: Finmo, Loom, and my phone.
1: Right. 100%. What's the best advice you received as a new mortgage broker?
0: Okay. This one came from Lori. Yeah. He said one day... Don't get so caught up working in your business that you stop working on your business. We need to put a CEO hat on and work on the business for at least an hour every single day.
1: Right. Yes. And that comes back to the customer journey. How do I work on my customer journey every day? A little like making it improving it. If you were to start over again today, knowing what you know, what would you do different?
0: I would, I don't know what you call it, like personal branding. Like I'd have my own personal email from day one and i don't know we call that branding
1: yeah you have your own personal email now right because we tell everybody to get their own personal email we don't now
0: i do yeah
1: yeah because you want to own your it's kind of like own your cell phone own your email own your domain name that's kind of your digital identity if you will and uh, own
0: your digital identity there's my answer
1: (laughs) yeah there you go i never said it that way before but this is what i love (laughs) with these conversations Sometimes i'm like i don't know i'm like i never said that before but that's totally what it is so well, this is on really, I'm impressed with how you're doing. I'm excited that you're, you know, making progress. And as we said, everybody goes on their own path, their own pace, their own path. You were working part-time to start. So now you're full-time. Is that right? Are you like in this full-time now?
0: I'm full-time now. Yes.
1: Right. That's great. So if people are looking for you online, where can they find you?
0: On Instagram at pool mortgages. With an E? With an E. Pool with an E.
1: It's been awesome to get a chat. With you. And what's your email? Sorry, go ahead.
0: Carlin at Poolmortgages.com.
1: Right. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Carmen.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, thanks again for listening to this. If you're a new mortgage broker and you're like, man, I really need to have a plan. I'm not certain which direction I should go. I don't know if I should be doing social media posts, if I should be talking to people. What do I say? I would encourage you to go check out rookie to rockstar.ca. We have a program specifically designed for rookies. We have a hundred day challenge where we take you through step-by-step how to build a referral-based business, just like Carlin. Go check that out. Thank you again for listening to this episode.